Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Banter Podcast. This is episode 37, and uh, this is your host, Ben Cohen. I'm here with my co-host, Mike Luciano. Mike, my friend, how are you today? I'm temporarily delighted, Ben. And we'll get into the stuff that's not so delightful in a moment. But before the election, I mentioned to my wife that I might get a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue Label. Right, That's the really good stuff. And then I said, nah, there's no reason to spend that much money on one bottle of scotch when there's plenty of other stuff to drink here in the house. But just before we started recording, my wife came back from the grocery store and one of the items she brought back with her was, lo and behold, a bottle of Blue Label. So I'm delighted and- Good times this weekend. Yeah. And for the weekend, I'm excited to get into that at some point. Might open it on Thanksgiving and uh, maybe again on Christmas or New Year's or both, but most definitely I'm going to save some for the day when Donald Trump finally leaves the goddamn White House. Oh yes. Speaking of which, a question: Is he going to leave the Is he going to leave the White House on his own accord? Well, he's doing everything he can to stay there. Whether he gets dragged kicking and screaming is another question. But he was dealt a blow just before we got on. We're recording on a Friday. Uh, The state of Georgia certified its election results after a hand recount failed to make a dent in uh, Joe Biden's lead over Trump there. Georgia is where Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, he's a Republican, and he has withstood a barrage from Republicans. And he's, uh, he's taken fire from the president for basically doing his job. Basically allowing Joe Biden to win a free and fair election there or both. Take your pick. But, you know, shame on all the Republicans who are attacking this guy and also the Republicans who aren't standing up for him. It's disgraceful. And we're going to get into the lay of the land in terms of what Trump is trying to do in the swing states that Biden won. But let's start with Michigan. What's been going on in Michigan is just especially egregious. You know, a a few shows ago, I said, come January 20th, Donald Trump is going to fuck off willfully or he's going to fuck off involuntarily. One way or another, he's going. And my reasoning was that the legal challenges that he was making were a joke. And that has been borne out by the fact that Team Trump is something like one and 32 in court. So there was that aspect. And also, I know congressional Republicans and Republican governors would be, you know, I knew they'd be a bunch of cowards and enable Trump's bullshit, uh, if not outright support his bullshit and his efforts to cast doubt on the election results. And with few exceptions, that's exactly what they've done, because they are a bunch of craven, power-hungry, amoral bastards who are just absolutely terrified of pissing off the Trumpers in their constituencies. But what I wasn't considering at the time was the prospect of local and state election canvassers and other officials simply refusing to do their jobs because they didn't like the outcome of the election, right? So certifying election results is a matter of routine. Democrats and Republicans on county and state canvassing boards and Democratic and Republican secretaries of state certify results regardless of whether they like them or not. This is just how it's done in the United States. It's just been a bunch of faceless public servants being stewards 
of democracy by ensuring the people's will is carried out. And it's a boring thing. And it's supposed to be boring. It's like breathing. You don't think about breathing. It's just a thing that happens automatically. Just like the certification of election results is a thing we don't think about it because it's just a thing that happens. But now we have to think about certification based on what we have seen in Michigan. We have to basically think about breathing to keep our democracy alive. Last week, the Wayne County Board of Canvassers, which like every county board of canvassers in the state of Michigan, has two Democrats and two Republicans. And Wayne County is – that's the Detroit area, which means a lot of black voters, a lot of Democratic voters. Wayne County was the difference in Michigan's election. Biden won it by, I think, 130,000 votes. He won Wayne County by something like 300,000 or more. The Republicans on that board refused to certify the results, and that board was deadlocked 2-2. And then people lost their shit, thankfully. And then the Republicans on the board uh, voted to certify. And then the next morning, after getting a phone call from Donald Trump, president of the United States, calling these two county election officials. This never happens, by the way, in case you're wondering. After getting a call from Trump, the two Republicans signed affidavit saying they want to change their votes again to not certify the election. And Michigan's secretary of state said, no, you can't do that. It's absolutely crazy. It's absolutely insane uh, that we're at this point now. I mean, look, it's as if the last four years <clears throat> haven't taught taught us anything about about how dangerous this guy is. You know, there's people who are kind of st- we, we, you know, those of us who have been paying attention to Trump knew that this was going to happen. We saw this right. The, the writing was on the wall as soon as he got elected. You know, that was my re- my reasoning for doing whatever it took to, to, to get this guy out of office, to prevent him from taking office, to get him out of office, is, was precisely what is happening right now. Uh, and the fact that, um, you know, he's going to these extraordinary lengths to overthrow a democratic election is a sort of, this, you know, this is exactly why People like me, people like you, warned everybody about what it meant to vote for somebody like Donald Trump, about what ha- what happens to a democracy if you don't tend to it. It's like what happens to your garden if you don't fucking weed it, right? The weeds are now out of control and they're taking over the garden. Uh, and we've got, you know, what is it? How, how many weeks left now? About um, just over just two months now. There are two months to go. Two months more mayhem that this guy can continue to cause. Uh, and, you know, I, <clears throat> I'm i unsure. I'm about 80% certain that the guy's going in January, that he's going to leave on his own accord. But with moves like this, it makes me worried, I have to say. You know, it makes me angry and it makes me worried. I, I'm grateful for the fact that uh, Michigan um, they ultimately did the right thing. But, you know, how much leverage Trump has in the Republican Party is a is a huge concern. He has so much leverage with the with the voters that he can twist the arms of elected officials uh, and get them to do his bidding because they're all, as you said, they're all absolutely petrified of of um, alienating their supporters because this is the this is the problem. The problem is that there, it's no it isn't really the Republican Party anymore. It's the Trump. It's the party of Donald Trump. 
right? He owns the party still, and they're all still terrified of him. And the only way for this nightmare to be over is when this guy is out of power, when this guy is genuinely out of power. And in, I think now it has to be, he's in, he's got to be in prison. You know, is this not grounds for, um, uh, charges of sedition? I mean, what, what are your, what are your feelings on that? I, I, can't see a clearer case of someone trying to overthrow a democratic election, right? That's that's treasonous behaviour. No, am I am I wrong here? Uh, he's certainly trying to tamper with the election. Whether it qualifies under federal or state law as tampering, I don't know. But what he is doing, I can say one hundred percent is just is something that's that isn't done. I mean, but here's here's the thing. Well, it is done. It's done by it's done by um, by dictators. Yeah, this is how democracies die. This is how uh, it, it ends. You know, right, we're watching in real time how democracy dies. It could very well be a situation where things were done against all norms in an unprecedented fashion, but at the end of the day, it is legal and deemed to have been done by the book. However unorthodox it may have been, it was nonetheless technically legal. So I would like to say this is treasonous, this is, you know, this is illegal, but I gotta say, a lot of dictatorships, they become dictatorships through legal means. They make sure all of the necessary policies are in place so they can follow them by the book. So look, don't don't be surprised. I like. I just want to get back to this point, and this ties in, about the the canvassers in Michigan. I mean, they were full well willing to throw out hundreds of thousands of ballots, including these ballots that in many cases were, were cast by black voters who tend to vote overwhelmingly Democratic. And that is some racist shit. So Trump talking about, you know, he says, I've done more for black people than any president since Abraham Lincoln. And yet he's trying to get thousands, if not maybe millions of black votes just tossed into the garbage because they didn't cut his way. And it just goes to show Trump doesn't care about democracy. And he has no business calling these canvassers. And, and you know, either he could be threatening them or bribing them with maybe positions in a second Trump administration. And not only did Trump call them, not only did he call them, he called Michigan's Republican Speaker of the House and Michigan Re- Michigan's Republican uh, Senate Majority Leader. And even though the Speaker, I think it was, said he's not going to finagle a situation where the legislature there, the Republican-controlled legislature, votes to send the Trump electors to vote in the Electoral College, n- nevertheless, these two guys are flying to the White House to meet with Trump today. They're going to have a meeting on Friday Later today, after we record, again, Trump has no business contacting them about this election. And the speaker and the majority leader have no business taking this meeting. And we don't know what's going to happen, but it's hard not to imagine a scenario where they're completely awestruck by meeting in the Oval Office with the president, who no doubt will give them a full court press using some combination of a charm and incentives and maybe even threats. This is completely inappropriate. It is a horrible look because it is a horrible thing because we know what Trump is going to try to do. And I'm not sure, you know, even if he convinces these guys to have a vote in the Michigan legislature, 
I have to imagine there aren't enough Republicans, and this is me just putting my stupid optimist hat on, I can't imagine there are enough Republicans in the Michigan legislature who are willing to give a giant middle finger to the people in their state and say, no, your vote doesn't count. We're going to overturn the result here. Thus far, I mean, how many Republicans now have come out against this? How many senators? I mean, we've got Mitt Romney and Ben Sass that have come out and condemned Trump's behavior. That's it. I think Lindsey Graham made some. Lindsey Graham said recently that uh, Biden should have access to, I think, um, like national security, intel- like intelligence, and briefings. So I think you know Lindsey Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham, who's the most spineless politician in America. By, I mean, I, I think it's not even close. Like he must be the slimiest greasiest politician probably in american history at least one of them he's almost i think obama uh, referred to him in his new book as as something out of a spy movie a guy who's just he just double crosses everyone and you can see lindsey graham i think sees the writing on the wall and he's now making moves to uh you know distance himself from trump I think that he he sees where this is going and that Trump is fighting a very, very uphill ba- um, battle, you know. But the rest of them are still too cowardly to say or do anything. I mean, it's it's absolutely crazy that, that we're still we're, we're in this position. It is going to take the Republican Party telling him to to fuck off. Basically, they're going to have to te- they're going to have to tell him you have to get out. Right. Uh, because who else is going to do it? There's nobody else that, you know, I think what happens in, in January, if he doesn't leave, he gets escorted off the premises by secret secret service agents, I believe. And I wouldn't be surprised you know, if it comes to that, because the guy is not go- he's not conceding. I mean, how many days has it been now? It's been 16 days since the election. It's been 13 days since basically he it was clear or 12 days since it was clear that he, you know, that the election was officially called for Biden. And he's still not going anywhere. He's still fighting a completely sort of bonkers. I, I don't even know what his argument is now. I mean, if you read the, what in, in a lot of these court cases, it's, it's hilarious what happens in these, in these court cases. The judge will say, you know, what is your lawsuit claim? And is, are you claiming voter fraud? And the lawyers say no. And it's like, okay, so what are you claiming? And they claim, we're like, well, we couldn't count the votes. We didn't have anybody close enough to count the votes. And so, okay, well, did you have people in the room? Yes. Okay, so what's your problem then? Uh, nothing. You know, laughed out of court, sent packing. It's just sort of ridiculous. And But the number of people who who seem to be buying into this, it's just, it's kind of mind-blowing how many Republicans, how many Trump supporters think that genuinely the election was stolen, that their illegal votes are non-legal votes. You know, and, and so what's, you know, did you see Tucker Carlson this week as well? Tucker Carlson, this was great. This was, which is absolutely um, uh, hilarious. Yeah, Tucker Carlson, uh, this was yesterday, called out Trump, this is the attorney for Trump's campaign, a woman called Sidney Powell, who who is insane. Um, uh, Tucker Carlson asked her for evidence of voter fraud, right? Sidney Powell held this press conference when she said there was um, mass voter fraud where the Dominion voting systems um, used, apparently used technology developed by former Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez. 
Uh, and she said that the, the votes were manipulated um, when they were being tabulated and shifted millions of votes over from Trump to Biden. Uh, right. Uh, you know, they someone pressed a button somewhere and, and all the votes like then went to Biden. Right. So obviously Tucker Carlson thinks that this is great. Right. Tucker Carlson thinks let's investigate this. Let's see what, you know, let's see if we can make a uh, make a story out of this. And even Tucker Carlson couldn't. He asked her for evidence. Right. Carlson asked her to send evidence. And Powell got apparently she got angry with Carlson when he kept pressing her for actual evidence of this claim. Right. So these people are out there holding press conferences, making these wild accusations and not providing a shred of evidence, as in nothing, no evidence of any wrongdoing anywhere. And yet we're still here. Right. This, this sort of clown show is, is continuing. And, I, you know, the, the damage this does to democracy and the democratic process is I, it's, it's sort of incalculable I think you know I think my instinct is that Trump is not going to get away with this right he's going to go he will he will probably try to find some face-saving way out uh, you know he's going to run in 2024 or whatnot you know he, he's launching his next campaign he'll launch his next campaign before inauguration that that would be my guess but still the damage this is that these people are doing to democracy in America is, I just think, you know, I, this is, this is years and years and years and years of damage here. And I don't know what can be done to prevent this from happening again. I really don't, unless these people are prosecuted, you know? And I, I think, um, you know, there's lots of sort of, there's a debate raging on about whether Biden and uh, whether uh, Biden, you know, chooses to investigate the previous administration. And I think that maybe Biden doesn't have to do it himself, and maybe it's the DOJ, um, but there now has to be, in my mind, there's absolutely no option now. They have to. They absolutely have to investigate these clowns. Because if they're not prosecuted for this, if they're not fully investigated for these astonishing crimes against democracy and against the constitution i you know then everyone's going to start doing it this now puts biden in a position now where i i believe he has to i believe he genuinely has to uh go for, go for prosecution you know um this you know so trump genuinely it's not just done at the state level right he's he's got all sorts of issues in in particularly in new york but I think you know, any new uh, attorney general is going to have to look very, very, very closely into what's going on here. And the word is that apparently Merrick Garland's being uh, <laughs> Merrick Garland is high up in the list for uh, Biden's attorney general. So that could be fun. I hope a Biden attorney general and Biden U.S. attorneys have an appetite to investigate some of this stuff. But I'll I'll believe it when I see it. By the way. Just to put a bow on this Michigan chicanery, um, the state board of canvassers must – this is the state board we're talking about, not the county board. Uh, Michigan state board of canvassers must vote to certify the election also. And so it is also 2-2 Republican Democrat. I, they, they meet this week, and hopefully uh, they vote to certify. Hopefully we don't have a Wayne County situation where the two Republicans don't do the right damn thing. So I don't know. There's a big – we're, we're in uncharted territory here, at least in modern times. But just to hit upon very quickly what Trump is doing in the other states that we haven't talked about. In Arizona, 
Republicans there are trying to block certification results, uh, certification of results in Maricopa County, which Biden won, and that won him the state. So if you can toss out those votes, Trump would win the state. That's unlikely to succeed. In Nevada, check this out, Trump is just straight up asking a court to throw out the results altogether. Or failing that, ignore the results and declare Trump the winner of the election there. Uh, In Wisconsin, the Trump campaign is paying for a recount in the counties that contain Milwaukee and Madison. And we can t- we'll can we talk about Pennsylvania in a minute. And that's the one in federal court in the middle district of Pennsylvania. Rudy Giuliani is personally arguing the case before the court. But the, the point of all of this legal maneuvering really summed up pretty well by Alan Dershowitz, of all people, who said in, in talking about Trump trying to run out the certification clocks in these states – until the safe harbor deadline of December 8th. That's when the states must have their results certified for purposes of designating electors for the Electoral College. Here's what Dershowitz said. The clock is a double-edged sword in this election because if they don't have enough time, but if they can put forward a sufficiently strong case, then they may be able to get some Republican secretaries of states or legislatures to say, Look, we just don't have enough time to certify these electors. And if they can bring down the number of electors, 35 to 37 from the 305 and bring it down – he's actually wrong here. It's actually 306. But from 306 and bring it down to 267 or 268, then the election goes to the House, says Dershowitz, where the Republicans win. And he basically explained that the Trump – Strategy here is to take enough electors away from Biden so Biden doesn't hit the 270 threshold at the time the election needs to be certified. Um, And he also said there's no – he noted that there's no way the president could get to 270 electoral votes in time. So there's that. But I mentioned Pennsylvania, and Trump is asking the court – it's federal court in the U.S. Middle District of Pennsylvania, and Rudy Giuliani – Again, he, this is his first – this is the first case he's arguing in 28 years, and it shows. I actually listened to the oral arguments on the conference call that they had, and I got to say this thing is going nowhere. Uh, the judge, Matthew Brand, was very skeptical. Giuliani clearly is in over his head. He contradicted himself at several points. At one point, he was alleging fraud but said fraud's not – part of the case that they're arguing. The judge asked him if strict scrutiny should apply in this case, and Giuliani said no normal scrutiny, which is not a thing. Rudy used the word opacity and then immediately said he wasn't sure if he knew knew what the word actually meant. And his arguments were just meandering nonsense for the most part. But certainly, you know, and we can get into this. Certainly, they weren't nearly at the level of the unhinged rantings we saw at his press conference. The hair dye press conference. Yeah, the hair dye press conference. And I got to say, I, you know, I'm not even remotely interested in discussing what many people are calling just a batshit crazy press conference. I think calling it batshit is actually an insult to guano. Uh, we can get into this bet if you want, but the claims that he – you mentioned Sidney Powell, who's just another mental patient working on this case, were moon landing hoax level crazy. 
but the, this is this the problem is that this is mainstream now. This is now normal. This is why I'm terrified about this stuff. Is it because it's now normal? Giuliani. This is Trump's top lawyer. This is Trump's top legal mind. Is Rudy Giuliani? Rudy fucking Giuliani, who who has literally no idea what he's saying. He gets up and. His legal arguments have all been laughed out of court thus far. He's not got there is nothing that Trump's legal team have achieved. Literally nothing. One what is it? One victory in thirty-two cases, and that victory was about what? Moving dates around? Yeah, reducing the amount of time voters had to cure their ballots from nine to six days, I believe. Yeah. Well, you know, huge victory, right? This is sort of Johnny Cochran's <laughs> Johnny Cochran style uh, <laughs> level legal achievements here. It's theatre, but it's real. This is what I can't, you know, it's so absurd that obviously most sane people watching it are thinking, that, you know, this is ridiculous. Yet 70 million, 72 million people voted for, for Trump and appear to think that this is fine and this is acceptable. Where do we go from here? The question in liberal circles the last week or two has basically been, is this an attempted coup? And I... My take on this is it is a performative coup, but remember, Donald Trump ran in 2016. He basically ran a performative campaign. By all accounts, the campaign in 2016 was a marketing ploy. Early on, people didn't think he could win. They didn't think he could make it all the way through the primary, and they definitely didn't think he could win the general election. So Donald Trump bumbled and stumbled into a first term, and I don't think we can completely rule out him bumbling and stumbling into a second term. So right now what we have is a performative coup attempt, just like we had a performative campaign in 2016. But performance art, I guess, in this new paradigm we live in, has a habit of turning into the real deal. So I wish I could say there's no chance this succeeds, but who knows where the hell this thing goes, because he is launching a multi-pronged attack on democracy in the courts, where granted he is failing, but who knows if things get a little nutty and the stars align and uh, an important case, an election-turning case, gets thrown at the feet of the Supreme Court, who the hell knows how they're going to rule. 6-3 conservative majority, three of the justices appointed by Trump. You cannot rule anything out. And the reaction on the Biden team, Biden, I wish they've I wish more of their surrogates would be out there saying this is crazy. You know, get Kamala out there. Kamala's not a surrogate. She's going to be the, the number two in the administration. But get her out there. Get Pete Buttigieg out there. I don't care. Get Amy Klobuchar, whatever you have, whatever you, Biden himself and say, this is wrong. This is so messed up. But they're kind of like laying low as far as I can see it, as far as I can tell, just like, oh, you know, Trump's throwing a tantrum, we'll be president on, you know, we'll be the incoming administration on January 20th. And they're probably right. But, you know, Biden said something the other day where he said he hasn't ruled out legal action over Trump blocking the transition, right? That's the thing that we've talked about. Trump's not making, you know, staff and files and money available, which they are supposed to do to help the Biden team transition into the White House. They're just not doing that. And Biden says, no, nah, it'll take too long. You know, we, and, and then he said this, he said, I'm making a judgment based on my many years of experience in how to get things done with the opposition. Well, I got news for Joe Biden. This is not 1990. 
this is not the Republican Party of your father. Yeah, you know, and, and it's talk like this, and it's not just Biden. I think Pelosi said something similar about not, I think it was Pelosi, about not wanting to turn up the heat and act legislatively or, or, or legally to try to compel the Trump administration to do the things they need to be doing to ensure a transition. And it's like, turn up the heat. We've got an attempted coup right now. Even if it is performative, we we have we have a guy who's not who he's not conceding a race that he obviously lost. And they're acting, the Democrats, many of them, they're acting again like like it's 30 years ago. They're acting like Newt Gingrich never became Speaker of the House and did what he did while he was there. Acting like the Bush Cheney administration never happened. They're acting like the cult of Donald Trump never happened. Like this is a completely different Republican Party as demonstrated by the fact that the vast majority of them are going along with this charade. So this idea that Republicans are going to come to Jesus on their own and that we should just sit back and let Donald Trump sort through his feels for however long it's going to take without really getting out there and hitting back and saying this is absolutely ridiculous. To me, it's just crazy, and it's just a mindset from a bygone era. Yeah, I, I hear your point. I think um, I do think that there is an argument that's been made for letting Trump just fucking tear down. I mean, he's the Republicans are shitting themselves, right? The, I think it's clear that what's happening now, that the Republicans are in absolute turmoil at the moment. And they're actually quite, apparently, they're quite worried about what's going to happen in Georgia as well, because they think that Trump is now potentially a liability. So Georgia's Republican top election official, Brad Raffensperger, uh, he said that he 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 thinks that Trump's attack on mail voting, he, he basically suppressed his own base and cost him the state by telling everybody not to vote by mail. They didn't, and then they lost Georgia. So I think um, Georgia Republicans are worried about about having Trump um, present during the runoffs in uh, in January. So they're worried about this. And I think that um, there is an argument to be made to let Trump just continue wrecking the party like he and he really is i mean he's making life incredibly difficult for the for republicans right now he's putting them all in no man's land so you know perhaps this is uh you know the the democrat strategy here biden's strategy and pelosi's strategy is to just let them do it let them rant and rave and shout and and act as if they're irrelevant you know because i do think the more oxygen you give trump the more attention you give this guy the he's his ability to sort of claw his way back into the limelight and change the narrative of, of everything of the news cycle is is amazing and i think that there is a there's, there's a case to be made that you just basically ignore the guy you ignore the guy you let the republicans deal with it if they don't deal with it you just kick him out in, in january you literally have secret service agents just kick him out and that and, and be done with him so i don't know i mean i get i get i do get i get what you're saying well, Georgia's two Republican senators seem to be just fine with Trump saying the election was rigged, right? So much so, they actually penned a joint statement shitting all over Raffensperger and, and accusing him of unidentified you know, irregularity, saying that he handled the, the conducting of the election poorly and that he should step down. So uh, they, uh, the Republicans in Georgia, at least um, Kelly Leffler 
and David Perdue, they are all in on this voter fraud narrative. And they very clearly would like Trump to stump for them. What other Georgia Republicans think, I don't know. I had I have to imagine Brian Kemp has been relatively quiet. He's been spineless. He hasn't stuck up for his, his own secretary of state. Like I said, he is probably, he might be wishing this all goes away and Trump goes away very soon and all of the circus with it. But yeah, not nearly enough. Not nearly enough Republicans are are pushing back on this, and it's really messed up and dangerous. It is. I mean, but also I think Democrats might be smart to sit back on this until they have power, right? Because they, they're still uh, not in power. You know, Joe Biden is not the president at the moment, right? He doesn't have the attorney general, right? But he, what's he the harm? But but what's the harm? Like so, we talked about the two Wayne County canvassers. Trump called. Mm. We talked about the Michigan House Speaker and the Michigan Senate Majority Leader that Trump called. What is preventing Joe Biden from also calling them and saying something like, "Just look, I know you spoke with the president. I have no idea what he said to you. I hope you ignore him and you just do the right thing and work it from the other side and get out there in public." I see no harm in doing this whatsoever. You know, it's like you're, they're like seeding the narrative. I think the media has done more than the Democratic Party has. The media has pushed back on this narrative more than the Dems have, more than Joe Biden has. I just, I don't understand it. You know, Trump is trying to work the refs and mm. you're just letting him without, you know, just like any good basketball coach is going to work the refs. Even if your guy wasn't going to, wasn't fouled, you're going to say my guy was fouled. So maybe for next time you get a whistle. And if you're the coach on the other team, you're not just going to let whoever it is on the other side, just, oh yeah, just let them work the refs all game. You're going to get your own points in. Like you just, I, like, I don't understand like, oh yes, let, let Trump contact the Wayne County canvassing board officials. Let Trump contact the Michigan state legislator, Slater. Let Trump what can they do to stop him? What, what, call, what, what, just get these people on the phone and just say, Hey, you just get them on the phone and say, look, I hope you do the right thing. You know, this is America. This is a democracy. And I know Trump probably, you know, promised you stuff or, you know, bullied you. And we we like people who do the right thing in this country. And you if you do the right thing, my administration will commend you if you want, if that's what you want, you know, and maybe who knows even him. Not that it should ever come to this, but maybe if things are really dire, hint that there might be a place in the administration for you, like an ambassadorship to Portugal or whatever <laughs> it is. But like you have to, you can't just let Trump just run completely unchecked in the media and what he's doing with these elections officials and these state legislators. It's, it's just crazy to me. And you know what? Like file your own lawsuits. You know, file your own lawsuits. I like. I I don't get it. Like we're letting. But, but I, I think I think that filing lawsuits would mean that you took what they were doing seriously. You know, I, I you know, and maybe at some point, if, if if Trump starts to gain traction, if they if it wasn't being laughed out of court, uh, if it wasn't going down, the strategy falling apart at the seams, um, I, I would be urging more action from the Democrats. But right now, they seem to be doing a pretty good job of wrecking their own case, uh, you know, Trump's own argument. 
um, to to remain in office. So I think if it gets more serious, if he manages to turn um, these officials from Michigan, I think that you know then yes, you start to up the pressure. But but right now, I mean, it's a, it's a joke. You know, it's a joke, and it's really not going very well at all. So anyway, I mean, I I, I get it. I I I think you have a, a you know your, your argument is is. Uh, is a sound one, but look, it's not like Nancy Pelosi isn't out for a fight. Nancy Pelosi is, she, I mean, she apparently hasn't even spoken to Trump for over a year. Uh, she refuses to talk to him and has, you know, she's remained extremely, um, steadfast on the, on the stimulus negotiations with Mitch McConnell. You know, I don't think Nancy McConnell was shying away from a fight unless there's a strategic advantage to doing to, to doing so. So I don't know what her thinking is. Like maybe 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 you're right. I don't know. But but I think there there is a reason why they're not engaging this. So you know what else was a joke? Trump's twenty sixteen campaign. You have to take this guy seriously, despite all outward appearances of this being an absolute clown show. The Potential consequences of this going wrong are so grave. And oh, but yeah, I just yeah. I don't I don't like to be a passive observer. I, I think that's a, I think it's a good argument. I think I think it is. Um, you know, I, I, I it's perplexed me. Uh, well, just the nature of this entire thing is so is so cartoon like. It's so ridiculous that I can't sort of I'm, I'm having a hard time trying to figure out like is there a strategy here and it doesn't appear that it's just from one news cycle to the next that's what trump seems to be concerned with is just controlling one news cycle to the next what can he do to to throw a kind of a spanner in the wheel today right and that seems to be about it but as you say you know that's what won in the presidency in 2000 that's what got him too damn close in 2020 as well i mean it has to be his his i think the only election campaign worse than the 2016 campaign was his 2020 campaign right i've never seen a more disastrous election campaign and yet he still came close to winning not only that in the middle of a pandemic that he botched as as bad as you can botch fucking covid he got fucking covid in the middle of his campaign he brought the whole white house down and he still nearly won he still nearly won and we just hit we hit 187,000 covid cases on thursday and 2000 deaths okay those numbers are bad and we've been trending in this direction for some mm. time now and people still voted for this guy so in addition yeah. to running a horrible campaign and he also just botched the biggest public health crisis in the united states in 100 years or maybe ever so it's just absolutely mind-boggling to think about. And it just shows you how entrenched we are in our respective, you know, tribes, if you yeah. will. You know, the fact that 73, 74 million people uh, voted for this guy after witnessing the last four years, especially the last 10 months of this, we've had this pandemic. And the fact that they said, yeah, let's re-up for this. It's absolutely insane to me. Right. I mean, it almost makes you want to do a, I floated this idea on Twitter actually the other day about doing a land swap. Let's just divvy up the land at this point because I'm not sure how the two, you, you know, there are these two Americas that, that now exist together are 
you know, there's no common basis for for understanding. The, you know, it's like you know, two completely different languages almost with no translator. There's nobody. There's no way of conversing with any of these people. What who kind of it, it, watch Fox News all day and the One American Network and read Breitbart. There's no basis for, there's no shared reality anymore. So I don't see how you come back from that. I don't really know where, I mean, look, people say oh, we're more divided than we've ever been. I don't think that's necessarily true. But I think, ideologically speaking, there's a case to be made that, you know, you're dealing with a very, very strange sort of reality now, right? Where one significant segment of the population genuinely doesn't their, their reality it's an adjacent reality right where where up, up is down and left is right and black is white right and and they think that the world that we live in is upside down too and i don't see how that gets better or that heals unless you get rid of these media networks right that's the issue is 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 the media systems that kind of that the perpetuate these ridiculous myths that they continually sort of project this upside down reality uh, as if it's real um, and it's, it's extremely cynical you know it's based on making money off these people uh, it's based off, off um, alienating them and making money off of them that's that's their audience feeding them kind of racism xenophobia and all that kind of stuff and and uh, uh, for for you know for profit so, but I don't see how you come back from that. So, I mean, I float this idea on Twitter. It's like, okay, why don't we just divvy up the land? At, at this point, do, do you want to be living in the same America as these people in the same in the same country where you can't agree on 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 facts, you can't agree on climate change, you can't agree on gun control, on these basic issues of kind of decency and humanity and reality, where you know they want to strip women's rights away, um, they want to ensure that everybody can get hold of an AK-47. Um, you know, they don't believe in climate change. They think that it's your God-given right to incinerate the the atmosphere and destroy the air and that we all have to breathe. You know, look, I'm, I'm happy for them to have their own country. That's fine. But it's just not one I want to live in. Agreed. On the other hand, you could say that okay, well, if they have their kind of, you know, if they have their neo-Confederate states of America... There are going to be people in those states that who would like to leave but really can't for financial reasons or family reasons. And what would life be like for them? What would life be like for you know black people, undocumented workers, women, uh, you know, women who believe in control over their own bodies? I mean, it would just turn into an absolute nightmare. I mean, but yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't, I would prefer not to live in a country where people just reject basic reality and buy buy into wholesale conspiracy theories because they agree with what the theories are saying, regardless of what the evidence is. And we got a big problem in this country. Yeah, it's a political one. I think it goes deeper than that. We just, we don't know how to think critically in this country. And the groundwork for that failing is laid early in a lot of these places where kids are just indoctrinated with nonsense. Like there was a literal Garden of Eden and the earth is 6,000 years old and science isn't to be trusted. And millions of kids learn this stuff from their parents early on in their formative years. And 
if this is the stuff that's being beaten into their heads when when you're growing up, it's very hard to escape that. It's yeah. very hard to overcome that as you get older because that's just what you've always been taught. And to undergo a change in the way you think about the world, it often takes a major sea change. So uh, we just don't know how to think. We don't know how to reason. You know, I think everyone would be better served if at some point when they were in, in junior high, they took a full year course just in logic, you know, and, and what constitutes good evidence like, you know, what confidence facts, what constitutes uh, circumstantial evidence. We don't have that. We don't have that. I mean, once once you start believing that there was a talking serpent in a literal garden of Eden and there was a tree of knowledge, once you believe in all that, it's pretty easy to make the leap from that to, oh, the election was stolen for Trump. If you don't have a good grounding in, in reality, right, it, if you are taught to deny advances in science and and much of what's been discovered in science over the, it, it, throughout history uh, as as being liberal propaganda if you right I, you're going to grow up with a mental framework that makes assessing the world around you the complex world around you enormously difficult and it's it's i can see why the the sort of the value or the or the attract attractiveness of places like Fox News that don't require you to think very much of the One American News Network that don't require you to think about much at all. I, I, I get that. I just don't see how you fix it at the moment. I really don't. It's it's a it's a colossal problem. And um, you know, the Maryland where I live is like, you know, this could this this is like a normal Maryland is pretty normal, right? It's sixty five percent of Maryland voted Democrat. The school the education system is good, is excellent. I don't worry about Maryland per se, but I do worry about these other states in the, around the country that are controlled by Republicans up and down, you know, f- from the uh, small towns to the to the governorship. It's all controlled by Republicans, conservatives that who who are deeply sort of ensconced in a kind of Christian fundamentalist worldview, and they're going to, you know, they're not going to be okaying educational reforms that teach logic. Uh, that's the, <laughs> this is the issue I think that we that we have. I mean, look, I'm I'm only half serious about <laughs> divvying up the land, but it does make you think. You know, when you've got s- over 72 million people who voted for Donald Trump, that there's something very very seriously wrong with with a society that would that, that would vote for somebody like that, that would even entertain somebody like Donald Trump. But that's where we are. That's where we are. That's where. We're, listen, we have to end on a positive note, right? We 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 still did win, you know. Listen, we have won. Like Joe Biden is president. Let's not forget that. I think we talked elect. about this last week. The president elect. There you go. But you know, perhaps he can. You know, perhaps uh, next year we'll be in a completely different situation. Perhaps Trump will be in jail next year. That would be great. At least under indictment. Yeah, but no, some. You know, it was just revealed yesterday that the New York Attorney General's office has a basically expanded their investigation into the Trump organization's activities. So that'll be fun. Stay tuned for that. And maybe we'll get some indictments. So, I mean, even if even if uh, federal charges aren't brought against the Trump administration or rather Trump administration officials, remember, 
There's the Manhattan DA's investigation. There's the New York AG's investigation. There might be other investigations out there that we don't know about. And no amount of pardons by anybody, whether Trump pardons himself or resigns and has Pence pardon him, no amount of pardons will cover state and local charges. So yeah. we can still hope. Yeah, I just wonder, I just wonder whether they'll lead to jail time. That's my only, you know, maybe they will, you know. Is it long enough? I don't know. Can you be a convicted felon and and still run for president? I don't know. That's another question. I think you can. Yeah, I think you can too. Yeah. So, yeah. Does that maybe he turns him into more, a martyr? Anyway, I don't want to go down. I don't want to think negatively. I want to think positively. We've got to, yeah, we've got to um, envision a future where Donald Trump is in prison. You know, that, <laughs> I think, look, at least he's going to be out of office. And that's, you know, for now, that's enough. All right, well, listen, on that note, I think uh, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it there. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. But uh, anyway, yeah, so so thanks, everyone. for uh, Thank you for listening. Um, if you'd like to subscribe, please click on the link below in the email. Uh, you get a 50% discount on a Bantam membership. Wear a mask. Definitely wear a mask. Like, we're, we really are in deep shit at the moment. So please wear a mask. Uh, I can't stress that enough. Um, mosques work. They really do. So, um, yeah, that's it from me. Uh, Mike, anything to add? Memo to Trump. This is your two-month eviction notice. Get the fuck-